Hi guys. Are you happy? And do you think it is important to be happy? These were the questions the French author Emmanuel Carrère asked our listeners in the final episode of How to Proceed. His questions made me think back to when the idea for this podcast was born, to when, right after the first lockdown in Norway and the rest of the world, my collaborator, the writer Lynn Rottem, artistic director at the House of Literature in Oslo, and I decided to create a podcast to interrogate what this moment holds for us. In the year that has gone by, I have turned to some of my favorite writers and poets to make sense of what was happening. I have talked to many of them on this podcast. Others I have not talked to. One of them is Jane Kenyon, the American poet and essayist who died young, only 47 years old, in 1995. My namesake, Lynn, and I often talked about writers and poets we wanted to have on our podcast, even writers who were no longer with us. Could we do that? A podcast in conversation with the dead? Jane Kenyon is one of the first poets we'd invite. In her poem, Having a Doubt with Melancholy, she describes the terror of depression and the hope of feeling better. And I and everyone at the How to Proceed team wanted to share this classic poem with you, not as a direct answer to Carrere's question about happiness, but as a first attempt to continue the conversation. We all know that melancholy, or what to call it, depression, anxiety, the funeral in my brain, to quote Emily Dickinson, another dead poet I would have liked to have had on the podcast, we all know that we're in the midst of another silent pandemic affecting our mental health, a pandemic that won't go away any day soon and for which there is no vaccine. For a writer, the challenge will always be to find the precise words, even for those places in the brain or on the map where language loses meaning. In this podcast, now exactly a year old, we have talked to 15 of the world's greatest writers about life and art and the world we live in. My very first guest was the novelist Ali Smith. I remember she spoke about hope. She said, sometimes hope lies deep in despair. And then she said, hope produces itself out of the lack of hope. We wanted to send you off with a poem, read by all of the moderators you've heard on this podcast. So here is Nadifa Mohammed, John Freeman, Eivind Hofsta Evjemo, Kjersti Skumsvoll, along with our producer Lynn Rottem. My name is Lynn Ullmann, and I will, of course, join the chorus reading the poem together with everyone. So how do we proceed from here? with decency and bravery? You tell me. In the meantime, while you're thinking about it, with love from us to you, here is Jane Kenyon's poem, Having It Out with Melancholy. Having It Out with Melancholy by Jane Kenyon. If many remedies are prescribed for an illness, you may be certain that the illness has no cure. A.P. Chekhov, The Cherry Orchard 1. From the Nursery When I was born, 
you waited behind a pile of linen in the nursery, and when we were alone, you lay down on top of me, pressing the bile of desolation into every pore. And from that day on, everything under the sun and moon made me sad, even the yellow wooden beads that slid and spun along a spindle on my crib. You taught me to exist without gratitude. You ruined my manners toward God. We're here simply to wait for death. The pleasures of earth overrated. I only appeared to belong to my mother, to live among blocks and cotton undershirts with snaps, among red tin lunchboxes and report cards in ugly brown slipcases. I was already yours, the anti-urge, the mutilator of souls. Two. Bottles. Elavil. Ludiamil. Doxapin. Norpropin. Prozac. Lithium. Xanax, Belbutrin, Parnet, Nardil, Zoloft. The coated ones smell sweet or have no smell. The powdery ones smell like the chemistry lab at school that made me hold my breath. Three, suggestions from a friend. You wouldn't be so depressed if you really believed in God. Four, often. Often I go to bed as soon after dinner as seems adult. I mean, I try to wait for dark in order to push away from the massive pain in sleep's frail wicker coracle. Five, once there was light. Once in my early thirties, I saw that I was a speck of light in the great river of light that undulates through time. I was floating with the whole human family. We were all colors. Those who are living now, those who have died, those who are not yet born. For a few moments, I floated completely calm and I no longer hated having to exist. Like a crow who smells hot blood, you came flying to pull me out of the glowing stream. I'll hold you up. I never let my dear ones drown. After that, I wept for days. Six, in and out. The dog searches until he finds me upstairs, lies down with a clatter of elbows, puts his head on my foot. Sometimes the sound of his breathing saves my life. In and out. In and out. A pause. A long sigh. Seven. Pardon. A piece of burned meat wears my clothes, speaks in my voice, dispatches obligations haltingly, or not at all. It is tired of trying to be stout-hearted, tired beyond measure. We move on to the monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Day and night, I feel as if I had drunk six cups of coffee, but the pain stops abruptly. With the wonder and bitterness of someone pardoned for a crime she did not commit, I come back to marriage and friends, to pink-fringed hollyhocks, Come back to my desk, books, and chair.
8. Credo. Pharmaceutical wonders are at work, but I believe only in this moment of well-being. Unholy ghost, you are certain to come again. Coarse, mean, you'll put your feet on the coffee table, lean back, and turn me into someone who can't take the trouble to speak. Someone who can't sleep or who does nothing but sleep. Can't read or call for an appointment for help. There is nothing I can do against your coming. When I awake, I am still with thee. 9. Wood Trush High on Nardal and June light, I wake at four, waiting greedily for the first note of the wood trush. Easeful air presses through the screen with the wild complex song of the bird, and I am overcome by ordinary contentment. What hurt me so terribly all my life until this moment? How I love the small, swiftly beating heart of the bird singing in the great maples. It's bright, unequivocal eye. You can find Having It Out with Melancholy in Jane Kenyon's collected poems published in 2005 by Grey Wolf Press. Thank you to Grey Wolf Press and to the estate of Jane Kenyon for permission to share this poem here. And on behalf of myself, Lynn Rottem, and the rest of the House of Literature in Oslo, Norway, I want to give a big thank you to all you dedicated listeners around the world who have followed us during this past year. And to the writers who have taken part in this podcast, our amazing guests and our wonderful interviewers. Thank you for keeping the conversation going for this pandemic by sharing your views and thoughts, your hopes and fears in these extraordinary times. A special thanks to our co-creator, Lynn Ullmann. Thank you for embarking on this journey with us, for so generously sharing your creativity, curiosity and your sensitivity in creating how to proceed with us. And once again, thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe to our other international podcast, Lit House, where we publish memorable conversations and lectures from the House of Literature. <laughs>